it time for illegal ham in the face? But, but, but bro, where's the banjo? <laughs> you guys are horrible. Everybody, I am that fat guy. We are here with Legal Ham in the Face. I got Big Bry always with me. Hey, man. And I got my cousin Vinny here in studio with me. Hey, good morning. And we have our special guest, Kevin, on with us today. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Gentlemen, how are you doing? <laughs> Well, we were, we're doing okay, except we, you know, technical difficulties kind of uh, screw a lot of things up here. So, trying to get a phone call with all of us, and it kind of got us all enamored. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys did great. I appreciate you guys having me on. I look forward to it. Of course. Of yeah, course. welcome. So, we are going to get into our show. We're going to talk a little bit of Browns-Ravens. We are going to talk some... Browns and Giants. We're going to talk a little bit of Christmas foods. And then we are going to get into Fat Boy Tuesday and we are going to talk about our top three wrestlers. So, on that note, Bri, I'm going to do the trivia question really quick before we get into okay. our fantasy football because it is my turn for trivia. And I should be playing the trivia music, but I just don't feel like it today. But our trivia wow. is brought to you by Curb Appeal Landscaping, who got his, I think, Vinny, did he beat you? Oh, technically. I haven't been playing, though. Okay, well. I did, I did look at it. Well, that fantasy football, that Vinny's out of it anyway, so. Well, so is he, yeah. I know, it's all right. I just I was just checking. So, <laughs> it's brought to you by Curb Appeal Landscaping, 419.com. Contact Papa V at Curb Appeal and tell him that he needs a new quarterback. All right. Uh, he's got two great quarterbacks. Uh, he doesn't have anything else, though. They they both scored 36.9 points or above. <laughs> I, I happen and to he look. he didn't pull a Vinny and leave him on his bench? Right. <laughs> wow. Even if he did, he still would have beaten me. That was crazy. <laughs> I, don't know what I, I don't know what exactly happened. Not that I was paying attention to it. But. <laughs> All right. So the trivia question I got today is uh, Kevin is a wrestling fan, and Brian and I are too, just not lately. Sure. We're like the uh, late 90s, early 2000s uh, wrestling fans. And late 80s, I'd throw in there, late okay. 80s, 90s. So the question I have, Big Bri, is your number one, I know, is going to be Hulk Hogan. Why are you giving away? Because we we, we, we've already you already had it as your walk up music was "I Am a Real American." Let's be honest. Yeah, you had that hey. as your batting walk up music. So with also played at my wedding. Yes, it yes it was. Wow. <laughs> so with that being said, when was Hulk Hogan's pro debut? Wow. Okay. Okay. That work all right? right i'll try all right. you're looking for a year a year's good enough year's good enough okay okay all right. i'll start thinking so we are also down to our final four in the vampire league 
You got the Vamp Fatty going against Lauren. Mm-hmm. And Little Tubby took out Phillips. Yes. So you got Little Tubby against a Joe Bear. Now I have to ask Kevin, how is your fantasy league going? Because last time I talked to you, you lost by point two points. Oh, that was that was brutal. But this week I played oh. this week I played Bring Brownie back. He uh I don't know what other way to say, but I got destroyed. I lost oh. one forty five around one forty five to one oh four, and I think I think he far and away has the best team in the league, and everybody else may say different, but, you know, I lost to the better team. I won the league last year, and I had a lot of fun doing it. I uh, I probably annoy people with the amount of trades that I send everybody, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I have fun with it. I'm not playing for money. I'm just playing for fun, but I did lose, so there will be no back-to-back this year. All right, so what is your team name? Because you are part of the RBS Underground League, right? So, do you guys... Yes, I am. That is correct. Do you guys know who Mick Foley is? I assume that you do. Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course. So, in his book, Blood, Tears, and Sweat Socks, he has a line where when he was younger, he was wrestling on the trampoline, and his he had a luchador name. It was the masked, and then the second word was debater. So... <laughs> <laughs> he had a luchador name. I love it. For 10 to 12 years at this point. <laughs> so, and I did, I did, I sent him the trophy picture, um, I don't know, probably six years ago in one of my other leagues when I won. And he, he, he DM'd me back and he thought it was awesome. And he thanked me for, for using his name and giving him the credit. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Love Mick Foley. I think when I think of Mick Foley, I think of the year that he did the Royal Rumble as Dude Love, Cactus Jack. Mankind. <laughs> Absolutely. He came out like six times. Yeah. And so we're so we're all on the same page. I think we all uh, are in agreement that late nineties, um, or I'm sorry, late eighties, nineties, and early two thousands are the preemptive best years of our generation. And I don't necessarily follow it to this day. I just appreciate and like the history. Oh yes. Of, Absolutely. You know, of that sure. Oh yes, definitely for sure. Absolutely. Especially with, uh, was it Pat Patterson passed away? Mm. Yeah, one of the pioneers. They I, say he's one of the most influential men in all of wrestling. And, you know, I don't disagree with that. He, he won the uh, prestigious Intercontinental title in a 1979 in a makeup tournament. And they made it up in Rio de Janeiro and just awarded him as the first champion. Good one. Wow. Unreal. So, See, it's that kind of weird stuff that I just know off the top of my head. <laughs> that was impressive. So the trivia question I asked, you already know, right? I have a very good idea of it, but I can't honestly say that I'm 100% sure because okay. that was a little before my time. Okay, so no right. Google searching, Bri. <laughs> right. No, no. Uh, I'll, you keep I'll those hands it. up. Keep those hands up. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. So, boys, let's get in to the... Browns versus the Ravens. Mm. What a an amazing game it was. The Browns lost by five points, which I'm pretty sure that people that betted that game wanted to kill somebody because what was it? Three and a half was the spread. I saw three, but unreal. Yes, unreal. But <laughs> the let's get some good things that we could take away from this game. One. Baker, right. Baker looked amazing. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he... Every week, he is just doing something different. Uh, second was the defense is still a little shaky. That's being kind. That is being very kind. And third, our steady kicker finally is not so steady anymore. Right. So yeah. let's let's start off with Baker. What did you guys think of uh, Baker's performance throughout this game? Because I, I really thought he was at one point and he was accurate. So, Kevin, why don't you tell me first what you think of Baker's game? I think, I mean, just 23 touchdowns and eight interceptions this season. He's played great in the last five or six weeks. There's really not been... Uh, any negatives in the last six weeks um, there he still makes some plays where you're kind of like you know sitting on your couch where you think you can make that one throw that he missed but all in all 343 yards and three touchdowns and you know he ran in for a score I really I can't sit here and say anything negative because he is what we wanted him to be and the coaching is just taking him to that next level Yes, and I think the coaching's got a lot to do with it because they're putting him in the situations he needs to be in. Mm-hmm. So, big fellow, what do you think over there? You think Baker did good? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with uh, Kevin's sentiments. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for with Baker. I mean, he's put together back to back to back games without uh, you know, without too many mistakes, and you can point to the interception, but. That wasn't great, but he's not going to be perfect. And the same thing I'll say for Parkey. You know, they've been so good this year, especially the last four or five games. They're not going to go the entire season without throwing an interception or missing a kick here or there. So that hurt. But what was even more nice to see was the way Baker bounced back. He didn't just go into a shell like he's done in the Ravens game in the past and the Steelers game previously. He came back and he was fighting and he did everything, him and the offense did everything that we needed from them to win the game. And I don't put the loss on them at all. I mean, putting up 42 points, you should win every time. Right. Well, yeah, because, I mean, especially when they came down there at that last drive with, what was it, 38 seconds they scored the touchdown with uh, Kareem Hunt there at the end. Like, it just... A minute. They, they was, so they left them, they left them a minute at the end of the first half and they ended up scoring the touchdown and they left them a minute at the end of the game and they got the field goal. So it's on the defense. If you can't stop them with a minute left, then, you know, I don't know if the defense really deserves to win that game. So I got to ask both of you about the defense now, because obviously it was, it started out somewhat decent and then it just took a nosedive after that because for some odd reason we can't tackle or we don't yeah. know how to tackle uh, <laughs> Sadejo. And, um, you know, and Mac Wilson missed one oh, on the uh, Gus Edwards run for it, a touchdown. It's just, we got to get this defense. I know we're missing people, but all you had to do, they had Trace McSorley out there who got them a couple first downs with Trace McSorley. Really? Like, <laughs> right. we just need the first half. They got a couple sacks. They got, what, four sacks in the game. But it just seemed like yep. the second half, Lamar just did whatever he wanted to do, and I'm just looking at it going, well, why didn't you guys put an extra guy down in the box? Because he was just running wherever he wanted to run. And it wasn't him throwing the ball because his wide receivers couldn't catch the ball. But mm-hmm. what do you guys think about our uh, our D and how they really graded out? Because I, I'm going to give them like a D- minus because we should have won that game. 
<laughs> All right. Go All ahead, right. Kevin. <sighs> so I believe that um, the, the the guy that everybody is harping on is is, is Anderson Dejo. He's had one good game this season. Um, and that was, uh, that was a couple weeks ago. I think that Denzel Ward being out, it just, it hurts. And as, as, as athletic as he is, he knew that probably some plays that Lamar Jackson wasn't throwing the ball. And Denzel Ward is one of the quickest players on any field at any time. And he could have, he's a smart player too. He could have tried to, to contain, I mean, there's a reason second string guys are second string guys, and Denzel Ward was the fourth pick. Um, you know, the linebackers. I've been, I've been impressed with Mac Wilson and Taki Taki, as as good as they could be. I mean, I don't think any of us are expecting, you know, Ray Lewis out there. I just, they're serviceable players in the NFL. I, you know, losing uh, the two, Kirksey and Schobert last yes. year. I don't know how much we lost. I liked Kirksey a little more than uh, than Schobert, but um, you know that's an area of weakness. And I think once those running backs get to that second level, or Lamar Jackson starts the run, that's when that weakness really starts to shine. Yeah, that, I mean, you knew they had to stop the run. Even J.K. Dobbins got some decent runs on us. And, you know, the the one glaring, and I was talking to Brian about this earlier before, you know, we started the show was that one that got me the most was the two-point conversion that they did with that little sweep with Dobbins and Sandejo comes flying in there and just throws his body Uh, and I'm like all you had to do was wrap your arms around him and drive him back and you just threw your body at him just to knock him off playing a little bit and not even try to tackle him and it, it just it baffles my mind to see that it's like yeah you're hitting him but you're not bringing him to the ground bring him to the ground yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel bad a little bit for the defensive line because I think they're playing pretty well. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, uh, Olivier Vernon had a hell of a game. He made a couple of big sacks in the first half, and uh, I think he knocked down like a third down pass uh, in the second half. So they're doing their part. Miles Garrett didn't have a, a huge game as far as when you look at the stat book, but He's doing what he's doing. I mean, he's getting double teamed, triple teamed. He was going against maybe the best offensive tackle in the game yesterday. So they're doing what they need to do. It's the linebackers. It's the defensive backs. And we knew going into this season that the linebackers would be a problem. And then the defensive backfield is just decimated with injuries. So I don't know if there's any uh, hope for the near future until we can get Denzel Ward back and, Hopefully, I don't know. Have, have you heard what's the deal with uh, Ronnie Harrison? Uh, I think he's coming back, but I'm not sure. But I know Sandejo is in concussion protocol right now. So Sandejo yeah, might right. be out. So there's another safety that we might be down. But I, want, I wanted right. to ask you both, um, with the key injuries that we've had in the secondary, I mean, we got Greedy out, obviously. We got Denzel out. We got Delpit out. And who was the fourth? There was another one. But with these guys out that are supposed to be your starters, can we just kind of look at this and go, man, we are nine and four, right? I think mm-hmm. we're nine and four with pretty much our starting secondary out. 
Like that's got to right. speak kudos to the guys that do back it up. And we do harp on the defense a lot because you give up, you know, 40 some odd points. It's kind of your fault, but you sit there and think about it. We're nine and four with a pretty much second string secondary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully, hopefully they get healthy, but we haven't been expecting a whole lot from the secondary to begin with. So, the offense is just going to have to win some of these shootouts, I think, if we're not getting turnovers. And that's what the defense has been good about up to this point is turning the other team over. And we just – did we get one turnover last night? I don't think we did. No, so we did not So if you're not get getting one. that, you got to find a way to get off the field. I mean, they killed us on third and fourth downs. It seemed like consistently they'd be in third and nine, third and 11, something like that, and then they get a big run for Lamar or – let a guy sneak out here or there and catch a big pass. So uh, hopefully if we meet him in the playoffs next year when we play them, Joe Woods, if he's still around, he gets a better feel for how to contain Lamar Jackson. Because if you remember in the first game, they got up to that big lead and they really didn't have to do much after that. No. They just played ball control and they smashed us. So this was the first real opportunity that he saw Lamar Jackson doing the MVP type stuff that he did last year. Yeah. What do you think, Kevin? Well, again, I, I agree. We, we are down our secondary. We, we don't have a lot of starters on secondary. We're, we're nine and four, 10 and three sounded so good, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many positives. We have two of the best five running backs in the league. We have the best, I don't want to call him a possession receiver, but there aren't many guys that have better hands than Jarvis Landry in the NFL. No. Um, Rashard Hollywood Higgins is just, he is stepping into that number two role. And I am not sure, um, you know, what's going to happen next year with Odell, but I mean, Higgins has emerged as a, is a legitimate number two threat. Baker is improving at the most important position on the field. And, you know, I, there were jokes January 8th of 2018 when we all had the 0-16 parade. And I was I happened to be a part of that with Chris. And it was cold that day, but they can't ever say anything about our fans because we are the most passionate. We waited in a parade when we were 0-16. And we're finally reaping the rewards. And, I do not, and so I don't want to harp on anything being negative. So I'm going to accentuate those positives. And our offensive line might be the best in the NFL. Yes, yeah. I totally agree. Right. I got a little scared when uh... – Wills went out for a little bit. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And let me say this about Wills. I was not sold on him in the draft, and that's why I'm not a GM. I wanted Johnny Manziel and Trent Richardson for the so I'll say that. <laughs> I don't know anything about anything about drafting. I didn't want Baker. I didn't want Denzel. So for anybody that's a couch GM, don't listen to me, because I'm gonna steer you in the wrong direction and and draft you Sam Darnold. I'm gonna draft you Trent Richardson and probably a terrible receiver, but <laughs> part of our offensive lineman, like I said, getting Conklin and with Treader and and Wyatt Teller's improvement is is probably the biggest portion of our running game success. Wyatt Teller has graded out as like one of the best guards in the NFL. <laughs> like we have two right? of the best guards in the NFL, along with mm-hmm. a veteran center. And now a super solid, a pro bowl right tackle, and Wills has held his own. That was the one question mark I had coming in to see what Wills would do. And Baker's pretty much got all the time in the world if he needs it. 
Like they actually have to blitz to get to Baker. And the thing with with Wills is Baker's rollouts and bootlegs are to Wills' side, and he's holding them the entire time. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job. Uh, we forgot to do shout outs right at the beginning, Bry, which was my fault. Yeah, you know, we got all okay. excited. I got all excited. Kevin was on here with us, but I do want to shout out that the fans that were at that game last night, you guys are amazing for yeah. this year. Oh, yeah, for COVID reasons, for everything else, for our quarterback at point in time to have to hush twelve thousand people is amazing. So, y'all went to the game. Whoever listens to this that went to the game. Thank you for repping Cleveland the way you should because that national broadcast loved it. Everybody loved it. And you can feel it throughout the NFL because they knew Cleveland's back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it would have been so much fun if if we had a packed house there last night. I was trying not to think about it, but at the same time I was like, man, I don't think we lose that game if if we have – 70,000 people screaming their heads off there. Right. So that hurt a little bit, but you know, we'll get through it. We're still nine and four. You look towards the future. I think, uh, you handle business in the next two weeks. You're pretty much in the playoffs for sure. And if you can beat Pittsburgh, that's the cherry on top. And I think it'll actually come down to that Pittsburgh game on who gets a higher seed between us and Baltimore. Cause you look at Baltimore's schedule remaining and it's cake. I think they have the jets, well, we both have the Jets and the Giants, but they also have um, uh, Jacksonville this week. So they got Jacksonville, we got Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's not an unwinnable game like we once thought it was. So bring them on. We seem like we're ready to go. This will probably jumpstart them to get on a little bit of a roll, but I'll take my chances if we ever meet them again in the playoffs. Perfect. Well, if I could say one more thing about, about the last night's game, comparatively speaking, where Kevin Stefanski has taken this team from week one against Baltimore to week 14 against Baltimore is amazing. Yeah, this, this team is totally different than what it was week one. I mean, watching this team and watching how they move, and now you're actually starting to see it because you didn't really hear a lot from Chubb throughout. He had a mediocre 82 yards, but he had two touchdowns. Right. You heard more right. of Hunt because of the passing that they had to do at the end. But this offense now proves to you, you know, beforehand, Baker was only throwing 23 times in a game. He threw it for, what, 50 times last night? 53 or something like that? So yeah. it's, it's it, But it's showing you that they can either beat you with the pass or with the run. They can pick and choose what they need to do. Right. That was maybe one of my uh, small gripes from last night is just, you said he threw it 50 times. I understand in the second half we were down by two scores for most of the second half, so you have to throw it. But the first half he threw it 23 times, and I think Chubb and Hunt only rushed it 10 times. And we weren't chasing points the whole first half. So, so much for controlling the game that way. Your defense couldn't stop them, so you have to have these long, drawn-out run uh, drives and hopefully produce points from there. But you give the ball back from them, they're such a quick strike offense that your defense goes out there, they get embarrassed, and before you know it, it's seven points for them. So I think last week they got a little happy in what they did to uh, to Tennessee by chucking it all over the yard and, and having a lot of success. So 
Stefanski did a couple things in the first half that, and maybe the clock management at the end of the first half that, uh, I don't know. I'm not used to seeing from Stefanski. So the fact that he did it, I don't know if it's because it was a big game or he just got maybe a little cocky after last week, but hopefully he can, uh, make those adjustments and, you know, do what we all know that they can do. And that's run the ball down your throat consistently, whether it be the first half or the second half. Yeah. Um, so Kevin, there at the end of the game, the Browns had two timeouts left. All right. You got the best kicker in the NFL going out. And the boys from uh, Cheap Seats reached out to me and said, hey, why would you try to ice that kicker? All right. You got two timeouts. Now, me personally, I don't believe in icing the kicker because the times that they do ice the kicker is the time that he misses that first field goal. And then you let reset. And he's going to make that second one. So for like me, it, it is what it is. Everybody tries to ice a kicker. But you had those two timeouts. Should he have burned those two timeouts right there at the end of the game to get his defense a little bit more rest and more oxygen in him so that they can at least try to block that kick or try to throw him off? And I think that's a guessing game with the kicker. And I think they try and keep, no pun intended, the kicker on their toes because um, you're guessing whether you're going to get iced or not. And, you know, some kickers are just assuming they are, so they're just going through the motions with that first kick. So I don't necessarily think there's a right or a wrong. And let me tell you what, Kevin Stefanski is a lot smarter than I am. So, But um, I don't necessarily think there's a right or a wrong. Maybe, like you said, to give your defense a little more of a, a break to block that. But just from a pure, ski, a pure scheme standpoint, I don't necessarily think either way is right or wrong. No, I do. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, Hind, hindsight being twenty twenty, you could say, yeah, maybe we should have iced him, but he's one of the best kickers to ever play. So the fact that uh, you know, he went out there, it's fifty five yards. It might as well have been thirty five yards for him. So we did. If you think back, we did actually block uh, the extra point. So maybe by calling timeout, you give your guys a little bit more of a chance, or you come up with a scheme to try to block another one, but. I mean, you're in a lose-lose situation there most likely because probably eight times out of ten, he's going to hit that 55-yarder. Yeah, I, it's just kudos to them. I mean, it's a 55-yard field goal that you got beat on. It's not like it was a chip shot. It's not like they drove down. They got their kicker into a range, and it, granted, it was a long field goal, but it's still the best kicker. And Yeah, and knowing knowing that they have the best kicker, do you think – Maybe somehow the Browns should have tried to waste more clock before scoring uh, at the end of the game. Uh, Brian, you and I talked about that. And at that point in time, when Hunt scored that touchdown at the end, it was like, what, a 20-some-odd-yard run or whatever? Plus, he faked out yeah. one of their best you know, quarterbacks to do it. But like I told you, at that point in time, you're going to score, okay? It doesn't matter – if it's how much time is left on the clock, you still need a touchdown, right, Kevin? I right. mean, absolutely. I mean, I don't. You're not guaranteed to score if you go down at the one. Yeah, I and think, that's. Nope, we lost Bry. Oh no, that's I, all right. I don't. I don't think that you're guaranteed to score. I mean, I've seen situations. Uh, gosh, Freddie Kitchens last year. We're we're running seven or eight plays at the one yard line, and 
we're getting lucky with penalties. And we st- we ran eight straight plays last year, I believe, and still did not get in from the one yard line. Oh yeah, and and that's the thing. Like that's why I was telling Bry, there's no guarantee when you're down there. There's no guarantee you're going to get a touchdown. There's no guarantee. You got to take the guarantee when it comes, and it doesn't matter if there's a minute left or not. At that point in time, you put your team right with it to do what they needed to do on defense to stop. And they had a chance to do it, and then Andrews came out finally and kicked us in the ass because Andrews made two big plays, and next thing you know, that's all they needed. Yeah, it it, it hurt that uh, the defense couldn't stop them once, I don't think, at the end of the game. What was he, three for three or four for four? Yeah. Um, but again, even... they just marched right down there, and – I was I was relieved a little bit that they didn't run a, a play at the end there. I think they had seven seconds left, but I find out it's a 55-yarder. I'm like, well, crap, he's got this in the bag. Yeah, so. but it's still a 55-yarder, and it's Cleveland. It's not like it's, you know, in a dome. Right. You know, that right. one was whipping off the lake, as we saw with uh, Parkey's first kick. So, you know, the judge that they had to do, and I see Kevin shaking his head. I know, I don't like bringing it up. It, it's horrible as a Browns fan right now because we wanted 10-3 so bad. We wanted to show Baltimore what we were for once. And you had a chance to, and it just kind of, it just didn't come to fruition. But it's not like we laid down, though, because as I was telling Bry, the one that really got me was once they got down two scores, normal Cleveland fan would have been like, well, this game's over with. They're not coming back. What'd they do? They marched down, and then they just kept coming back. And it mm-hmm. it shows yeah. the difference in the team from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as kicking, I mean, this might literally be the best I've felt about a kicker since Phil Dawson long-term. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only been maybe four years. He's already made a Pro Bowl. Um, and as far as quarterback and coaching and everything as a whole from this year moving forward, I mean, we're I think we're finally in that position to succeed. I hope so. I really do because I he he's been solid all the way through. That's what Brian and I were talking about. And you know, it's oh, yeah. one it's one kick. You know, granted, a kicker's life in the NFL is very shorthanded, but after they cut Cyber, we weren't really sure if Parky was the guy for us or not. And it's right, right now he's doing and he came back from that though and made the extra point. Well he missed an extra point, but then he did he miss one? Yeah, he did. He missed an extra point, and he missed a uh, field goal. Yeah, so but he came back, and he made two extra points after that. So it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know I'm a a big Cody Parkey fan because I understand how good he's been, and he's only missed maybe one or two kicks up to this point. But part of me does wonder, does he shrivel in the limelight when when the lights are the brightest? Does he start getting into his own head a little bit? Because we all know what happened in the uh, the Chicago playoff game. So this was a huge game. I don't know if nerves got to him or if it was just maybe the weather or well, he's it's just you know missing a kick. I I guess we'll find out. But it makes me a little bit nervous thinking about uh you know a playoff game potentially. Yeah. Well, we will see what happens. He's got to step up a little bit. But I mean, it's not like it's that big of a deal. We'll see what happens. Here with next mm-hmm. week and see how he does against the uh, Giants. So I'm not panicking, but uh, oh, no. you know, we like we were talking the offense. It was fun to see the offense do what they did at the end of the game, and they just kept matching them punch for punch. And that's something to get excited about as a Browns fan that our offense without a Pro Bowl receiver, 
uh, without our starting tight end, we still were able to do that to a very good defense. Yes, yes. And it took us a little bit to get honed in, but we God, just wanted that one so bad. Damn it. <laughs> I'll say it. Damn it. <laughs> so and, and Baltimore was fighting for their playoff life, so that was everything. That was well, we lost Brian again. Hey, that's awesome. Oh, he's on pause. He's coming back. There he is. There he is. He was on pause. So the one thing I do have to ask you before we move on to the Giants game, all right? Now, you watch Lamar go back in the locker room, and there's speculation everywhere of what happened. You think he got an IV, or you, it looked like he had the poop walks going back here in the back. Come on, Kevin. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. Oh, there's that. Listen, we have all been there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I've seen some of the comments, the memes, the gifs on Twitter. I stayed away from the majority of them. I don't know. I mean, poopgate, I guess, is what they're calling it. Well, <laughs> see, the, the thing with me, though, is I'm sitting there watching it. And they're like, oh, he's in the back for an IV. I'm like, and I saw him go in, like, when he went in the locker room. I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of get it because his cramps and whatever. But I saw that one kid actually opened up the door and he kind of hip checked him out of the road, like, get out of my road. And I'm going, oh, no. Get out of the way. Oh, yeah. It was like, get out of here. And I'm like, oh, there it is. I know exactly what that is. That is a hot sauce wing night that he is trying to get into the bathroom before it catches him. <laughs> it's one of those ones that he couldn't trust that fart out there on the field. And he's going, oh, I got to go. I got to go now. I got to go. <laughs> and by the way, Bry, you fell asleep on a pooper before, haven't you? <laughs> nah, no, never. <laughs> legs, have you? Uh, my legs have gone to sleep once. Oh, yeah, yeah. My legs have gone to sleep, but I've never been completely asleep <laughs> while I was pooping. Oh, dear. You, you missed the whole, yeah, you missed the whole, you missed the whole poop conversation about Lamar. Right, I I was listening to it all day, and so I don't know if that really happened, but that's kind of a funny narrative, I guess. <laughs> Think, if if uh, McSorley doesn't tear his ACL or whatever happened to him, we probably win that game because it was fourth and five or six or something like that, and he just didn't have a prayer out there. So we are moving on to the Giants, which we got flexed into on Sunday night, right, boys? Yeah. So... With the Giants comes Daniel Jones, no Saquon. Defense is a little... So what are your guys' expectations for the Browns versus the Giants on Sunday night football? Two back-to-back prime times. So I think that the Browns' biggest weakness with quarterbacks is the ability to run. And Daniel Jones has that ability. He doesn't necessarily have the weapons like a, um, a Marquise Brown around him, uh, J.K. Dobbins. He does have Wayne Gallman, who is filling in for Saquon Barkley. But as far as what's around him, I don't think it's a real big threat to the Browns as opposed to Daniel Jones, what he can do with his legs. Um, he's a, I would say he's a, a slightly above-average mobile quarterback, but I, I don't think what his legs are going to do and his surrounding talent are going to be enough to get through the Browns. Now, Brian, before you even say anything, mm-hmm. he did trip over his own feet. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest. He had a wide-open touchdown, and he tripped over himself, so I'm not worried about that. 
But at the time, he was running faster than any other NFL player in open space. Well, so, that's what he faster gets. Faster than Tyree Kill, faster than Odell. <laughs> it is pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah, until he tripped over himself, and now it's a meme. Well, hey, I don't <laughs> care. We've all done that a time or two. Do it every morning when I get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> so brian what do you think the uh the browns got to look forward to with the uh giants yeah it's a tricky game it's uh it's it's one of those games where at the beginning of the year you chalk it up as a w and then we started getting on a roll and you probably didn't even think twice about it but the giants have been an improving team over the last month so i don't know if this is necessarily the uh the the giveaway that we were all thinking it was the for sure win so it, they're going to have their work cut out for them i think they're going to have to come in learn from monday night but put it behind it behind them and just be pissed off and let's go do it let's they have that offense where sometimes they they can be impressive other times they're very stagnant but daniel jones does turn the ball over a bunch so our defense needs to get I don't know, at least two or three turnovers and capitalize on it. And if we can do that, I think there's no problem. We got it. All right. Well, I believe that it's going to be a great game. No matter what happens, it's going to be a Sunday night game. And <laughs> what I like the most about it is Dallas Cowboys are out. So juice is going to be all sorts of pissed off, but who gives a shit about juice? He doesn't want to watch him. He doesn't want to watch it anyways. But no. uh, I think with the giants, I think this is going to be, we're going to see what this team is made of, especially now we went on a win streak. We took out Tennessee. We just lost to Baltimore. I want to see what happens with the bounce back. I want to see how they react to this game because they always say we just do it one week at a time. Well, guess what? There's only three weeks left, and playoffs are right around the corner, and you need to win. So I want to see what this team is actually made of, if they can actually do it. And I think Stefanski's got them at that point. But I also want to see more of Chubb. We haven't seen a super ton of Chubb because he missed some weeks, all this stuff. But I think the Derrick Henry, then Chubb, and then it goes down from there. Now, granted, Juice brought up Kamara, but Kamara to me is more of a receiving back and a little scat back. He is not the true run-you-over running back. And Kevin, are you getting sleepy? No, absolutely not. Listen, I get up at 5 a.m. for work. It's it's some long days. Trust me, we know. We... My days are busy. Six kids. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. What are you doing down there? Are you having like a little Amish family out there? What's going on? <laughs> oh, I got him laughing. That's perfect. Uh-oh. No, man, I'm just telling you what, my kids are getting to that age where I don't have to carry in groceries, mow the yard, do anything like that. I just, <laughs> I just enjoy the fruits of my labor. Oh, nice. I'm so jealous right now. I am so jealous. I try to get my kids to mow the yard, they look at me and laugh. And then what... my kids, they like doing that kind of stuff. And you know what? I like my yard a certain way, but there's once in a while where I don't mind watching. Are you drinking a beer while you're doing it and telling them they're doing it wrong? I already know. All right. Because you got to tell them they're doing it wrong just to make them know. Oh, yeah. Don't touch the thermostat and mow the yard better. I got them all ready. All right. Good. Now, how many girls? How many boys? One girl. She's 14. She's amazing. All A's. A wonderful child. Um, five boys. 
um, between three, I'm sorry, four, and uh, four and 11. Uh, my 11-year-old, is he might be a bigger football fan than I am. You can ask always positive Jay. Anytime I go anywhere with Jay, my 11-year-old is following with his Baker jersey on. Jeez, cool. I'm jealous. I look at my kids and I say, go Browns. And my son goes, O-H-I-O, go Browns. I'm like, sort of. You're close. <laughs> close enough. I'll take it. And then the other one says, go Mountaineers. So thank you, that one, Alexander. <laughs> so so what are we – so, Brian, you want to do the predictions for the Giants game? Yeah, might as well. Since we're talking Giants, let's do it. Right. So, Kev. Now, yes, sir. we are playing for a bottle of whiskey, all right? And with me, hold on, picking the last game I did because I picked the Ravens to win on a last-second field goal, the score was wrong, okay? But that puts me in the lead. Now, with the guest come on, I take the guest pick. Oh, I was hoping to take the guest pick this time. Giants. Pick the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> it's only between me and Brian. Vinny is out of it. Vinny can't catch oh, up. no, I can't do nothing. Vinny can't catch up, but it's all fruits of the labor because as soon as that bottle comes, we're all going to drink it. But <laughs> rounds versus Giants, Sunday night football, who you got? Need a score? Need a score. Rounds, hey. 31, Giants, 17. 31-17. Mark it down, Vinny. You got it. All right. So I am going with Kevin on that one. You do me wrong. I am going to make you eat something at Mr. B's. All right. You can be on any diet you want. You're getting deep fried food all night with me. All right. 31-17 Cleveland. Yeah. All right. Big Brian. What do you got for a score for the Giants? I'll give Kevin a chance to change his mind. I hear Saquon Barkley's coming back for this game, so I don't know if that changes what your prediction is. I think maybe Lawrence Taylor, too, and Phil Sims. You sure you want to pick the Giants? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I love it. Sheep. Sheep. That means you got to pick the Giants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man, bro. I pick those Giants. That was, that was kind of right in the neighborhood where I was going to be, so... I think the Browns bounce back, but I just I don't have a ton of confidence in the defense, so it could be another shootout. So I'll say uh, I'll go 33, throw a little wild card, and 33-27. Nice. Brown. Cleveland. Sorry, Cleveland. Brown. All right, Vinny, you're the last pick, buddy. You're, you're going to have to pick the Giants. Listen. Just listen. to catch up. I'm I'm yeah, seven six. And Jets. I'm seven six in this whole thing. Okay, if you guys are going Cleveland, you have to go Giants. No, 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 no. No, I don't. To catch up. Oh, what? To you, catch up. Yeah, you're gonna have to drink our whiskey. Listen, I gotta I gotta go away from five hundred. Oh, that's true. I gotta They're try right. and get back <laughs> further in the positive <laughs> on this. <laughs> All right. There's no way if you both pick Cleveland to win. I gotta, I gotta pick Cleveland to win too. All right, what are you picking? I have no idea. Right, we'll pick something <laughs> so we can, so we can get the Christmas foods with our big guy over hey, here. You know what? Twenty-seven, twenty-four. There it is. <laughs> there it is again. Sounds like a Vinny score. Right Sounds there. like a Vinny score. It just keeps coming back. Trademark. Vinny trademark that score. Would you? Oh. <laughs> 
I'll see if anybody's trademarked it already. While we <laughs> we'll get ready, put it on your license plate. You got right. it. Twenty-seven, twenty-four. <laughs> while we while we get ready to get into Fat Boy Tuesday, I want you to go back and see how many twenty-seven, twenty-fours you actually said. All right, and I want you to count them up for us. Oh, Jeez. Dear. All right, boys, we are here. It is Fat Boy Tuesday. All right. Now, normally we do a top three food later on, but I put out on Twitter your favorite Christmas cookies, okay? And everybody kind of gave me grief of, well, there's only really so many cookies. Like, Jay gave me grief. He goes, you know the sugar cookies with the Hershey Kiss in it? Take out that Hershey mm-hmm. Kiss, put it in a Reese cup, and those are the favorite Christmas cookies. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So what Buckeyes. we're going to talk, oh, well, not Buckeyes. Well, Buckeyes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, they're peanut butter blossoms. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to talk nice. about now is <laughs> not family traditions, but the one thing that food-wise that you look forward to at Christmas. Okay. It could be cookies. I want you to give me let's let's just say five things that you look forward to when you comes to Christmas when it comes to food. So I'm going to let Vinny go first because he has been chomping at the bit for this for a while. Give me give me five things that you look forward to at Christmas, whether it be the ham or your mom's pasta, whatever it is. Well, it's kind of funny because, I mean, basically it's just mama's spread. Oh, well. You know, the entire mama's spread that she's got, and I, I absolutely love it. So, you know, that's definitely one. Um, well, what's know. the spread? Don't leave us hanging. I can't even tell you, man. It, it will obviously like, Chris, Christmas spread is so much better than Thanksgiving, and I love Thanksgiving. Is it is it better than tailgate spread? Yeah, okay, of course, course it is. Tailgate uh, there, spread there must is, be a lot of bourbon on stuff. that spread if you can't tell us what it is. Well, there's there's been a lot of bourbon tonight. <laughs> be that good. There's been a lot of bourbon tonight. That's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell me your favorite Christmas cookie. Oh, my my favorite my favorite uh, yeah yeah my favorite Christmas there. cookie yeah is definitely the Buckeye. Okay, oh, you like I the Buckeye? Love Buckeyes, uh, and I got I got two different families that make Buckeyes for me. Do they do the big Buckeyes or little ones? Oh no, we got we, they're always big Buckeyes. Okay, and they're they're absolutely fantastic. I still eat them in one bite, regardless. Ooh. Well, so yeah, we're we're fat guys. That yeah, happens. absolutely. Okay, so, so what's your favorite side that you get at thanks or Christmas? No, he's thinking about it. There's... Oh, I gotta think way too much about it. All right, so I'm going yeah. to move. I'm moving to Kevin. We'll come yeah. back to you. you okay. Think about your favorite, favorite side. side. Oh. All right, so Kevin. All right, yes, sir. Welcome to Fat Boy Tuesday, where we drool a lot, even though you're on a diet where it doesn't allow you to eat at Mister <laughs> B's. All right, which hurt my feelings because the chicken quesadilla there is the bomb. Oh my god. But it's okay. I understand. So tell me your favorite Christmas foods that you like. Well, I think I can lock and load with this, and I, I love you as much as anybody. What is Why are, that? Are you bringing Ashley into this conversation? Or are you going down for another beer? Does she got something to say about Christmas food? Yeah, you. No, Sorry, beer 30. 
Beer 30. Hold on. Beer Time out. Let's get another beer. I heard Ashley back on. Holy jeez. Hey, girl. <laughs> what was going on? Yeah, Brian went to get a beer, and Ashley was down there working, I think. Hi, man. That's his wife, by the way. Ashley, love a girl. She gone. She gone. All right, so favorite Christmas foods. And I know you're you're a fat guy at heart. I know. I I uh I mean I like everybody else. I think it all starts with ham. It's more of a uh, traditional Christmas food as opposed mm-hmm. to turkey on Thanksgiving. Um, every every single meal with me could have mashed potatoes in it oh. um, with a ton mm-hmm. ton of butter. Ton um, of ton of butter. Ton of butter. Okay. The Hawaiian rolls. Um, oh, love the Hawaiian rolls. Yeah. Yeah, maybe at least a half a dozen scattered around the plate in a little hexagon form. Mm-hmm. Um, some, I'll sprinkle in some green bean casserole. I'm not the biggest fan, but you know what? Those are the kind of foods that no matter what order you're eating them or if they get mixed in, they all taste just fine. Yeah, that's um, one of my favorites. True. Absolutely. True, true, true that. Yeah. I like the, uh, and, and, I like the old school tins with the uh, three different popcorns in them as well. We just oh, bought one oh. <laughs> with the with the caramel, the cheddar, and the butter. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. <laughs> as far as uh, as far as cookies, I think that if I'm if I'm getting a cookie, I'm not a big gingerbread fan or Snickerdoodle or even those uh, peanut butter whatever you call them. Um, Buckeyes. <laughs> No, no, the uh, the thing with the Hershey's kiss in them, the, the peanut butter. Kiss. Oh, okay. Peanut butter blossom. Growing up, I didn't have like a traditional Christmas uh, dinner as most people did. Um, not for nationality's sake; it's just we just didn't do it. So I think that my favorite cookie, though, was the uh, it's like a thin sugar cookie with the um, the lemon icing on them. Maybe oh, maybe I know the exactly. shape of a Christmas tree or something. The one with the yellow icing. Yes, sir. Oh, God, yeah. Those are good. Oh, just a man. dozen. That's my limit. That just a dozen <laughs> is your limit? Yeah. Don't tell that to Bri. You got some willpower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's on a diet, Bri. Come Sorry, on. Okay. Is that how diets work? Limit yourself to a dozen cookies? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it, but I'll try for a day. <laughs> Instead of eating a whole large, you leave a piece for your wife. All right. <laughs> What's your go-to pie? My go-to pie? I do a. Uh, I actually just had it for Thanksgiving. Uh, my aunt makes a black raspberry pie, and I every time that thing, like, let's see here, Brian, your go-to pie is apple, correct? Apple, right? Dutch apple with vanilla ice cream. Uh, just regular apple. Just, I don't mind, though. Dutch is fine. Okay, so what's your go-to pie? I got so many. I no, mean, no, no. I love like banana <laughs> pie. Come on, Patty. Come on. Come on. There's just so, one pie. One so pie. Just get your one go-to pie. That If you see it, you're going to eat it, no matter what happens. Yeah, banana pie. Banana pie. Yeah, there absolutely. It is. So There's he, a pecan pie, too. But. That's that's the one with vanilla wafers on top, I think. No, vanilla no. wafers on a pecan <laughs> pie? No, the banana pie. Banana. Uh, I don't even care uh, about the vanilla wafers. <laughs> Whatever, man. Just see now we're getting off on a food tangent. I know. Oh, 
don't don't do that. Whose turn is it for Christmas? I think it's Brian's turn, right? Chocolate covered pretzels. Yeah, Wait, Kevin's what? done. My turn. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's not done I yet. He's like, I can my... talk more food. He's like, bring it on. <laughs> we haven't made it to our top three yet. <laughs> a lot of my, I'm like you guys. A lot of my Christmas foods kind of overlap with my uh, my Thanksgiving foods. Um, so trying to rack my brain on what we do special for Christmas. My grandma used to make special kind of rolls and it's hard to really explain them, but they're very distinct and they're very delicious. They're not very big, but uh, those are good. My family also does a, um, it's like a Chex mix. We call it goodies. And basically your homemade Chex mix with I don't know, bugles added to it and maybe uh, uh, almonds or something like oh, that. Okay. So my wife's made that over the last couple of years. And nice. Man, it's tough because she'll make them, she'll, she'll cook them in the oven in these giant roasters and they'll uh. just sit in our house for the entire month of December. And so, you know me, love the snack. I'll just go and get a bowl <laughs> for dinner. I'll get a bowl at midnight or something and and it goes by pretty fast and she'll go what the heck i made two roasters for all my family why do i only have half of one left i don't know i think the dog got into it actually i heard something over there (laughs) so i love man i love just stuff like that um as far as desserts go my cousin will make something that's kind of unique um it's not really a cookie. It's do you know those chow mein noodles? Those yeah. uh you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They're crunchy, they're very thin kind of. So she makes it's chow mein noodles and it's like butterscotch and maybe peanuts. And she like clumps them together so they make kind of like a bird's nest. Can you imagine that? I can. But it's just a bunch of chow mein noodles uh-huh. with a bunch of butterscotch on it uh-huh. and peanuts in it, and it's man, I'm telling you, it's really good. I as soon as you bite that. into it, the whole thing falls apart. But it's something special. Okay, oh. so you're going to bring that to me now. I, will, I think I Kevin will. wants and some of that too. Oh yeah. My, my favorite side dish is something I can't believe I didn't bring up uh, during Thanksgiving special, but it's like a cheesy potato. Cheesy potato casserole with the hash browns and the cornflakes on top. Cornflakes on top. Eat, Absolutely. Right. I could eat that every day, three times a day. No. So that that's my number one for sure. All right. So my, well, it's not even number five. Uh, so my family, when we always did uh, Christmas, we did Christmas Eve with my great aunt. And she is still alive. I think she's 90 now. I am not sure. But we would always go over there. And they would do the water chestnuts that was wrapped in bacon. Oh, yeah. That had like a little uh, sweet and sour sauce on them. Like a glaze. Yeah. Uh, We we also had the dill pickles with the cream cheese and the dried beef wrapped around it. Okay. Oh, don't give me the look. Don't give me the rock look, Kevin. <laughs> I see it. No, it's delicious. All right. We is also it, so the dry when you say dry beef, you mean like salami? 
almost like salami. It's almost, it's like a chipped ham that's wrapped around the outside. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Is there any pretzel involved? No pretzel. pretzel. It is pickle, cream cheese, and then that. So what they do is they take the kosher dill, uh, one of the big jerkins, and they wrap it with the cream cheese and then wrap it with the other one and just cut it. Okay. Um, you said big jerkin? Big wow. jerkin. Okay, gotcha. I'm glad you brought that back up. Uh, <laughs> also, my family always did oysters. Okay. While we had, and it was brought up to me when I was a little old enough to do it, the males of our family would do raw oysters with a little bit of vinegar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, Vinny's over here laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help <laughs> And then the, uh, my my uncle Wig would always make the uh, baked oysters, but the one thing that I miss the most about Christmas is my aunt Donna's cheesecake. It is a different cheesecake than hmm. other cheesecakes that you know. It is not a traditional cheesecake. Okay, she makes it in a cake pan. Kevin, focus with me on this one. <laughs> it is soft when you cut into it. It's not like that hard cheesecake to where you cut into it. it it's soft with a layer of a little bit of whipped topping on top, and then you can put your topping on the side. So hmm. whether it be strawberries or cherries or peaches, whatever you want on the side. But she still had that graham cracker crumble underneath of it. And I'm going to give an honorable mention. You said Chex Mix. My mm-hmm. aunt makes Chex Mix by the gallon bags <laughs> and gives it to us every Christmas. Oh, and yeah. Bri, Bri gets it because she gives me like six bags of Chex Mix and I take them into work, at least one bag, because a couple stay here at the house. But one <laughs> bag goes into work and my boss calls it bird food. He goes, why do you keep bringing this bird food in here? I'm like, because it's delicious. And he keeps, every time he walks by and grabs a handful. It, it, you Did know, you say she made like a spicy version of that? She made a, she got a dried ghost pepper and habanero and she made a spicy version of it. And she looked mm. at me and she goes, you got to try it. I'm like, all right. So I took the first bite. And I'm like, it's really not that bad. No. And I went for the second bite and then the heat caught me. And I'm like, oh shit, this is coming up later. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and I'm going, this is great. This is amazing. I did not tell her that I gave it to somebody that actually likes spicy food because that turned to be uh, it too was, much. It was way too much. Really? Way too much. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Don't you bring that back to me. What, the spicy? Yeah, no. Can we tell don't, the story now? Don't. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah that's fine. Tell it right. now. I don't care, but so, no. Kevin doesn't know this. So, Kevin, obviously you came out to our pool league. All right? So, Just one night, <laughs> Vinny... And I were playing, and I ordered a pizza and chicken wings. Well, I wanted hot garlic wings. Uh, Princess is here now. Uh, She is all pumped up. Princess is out, and she's back downstairs. That's my dog, by the way. So, I get this pizza. It's just regular pizza. And she's back up again. And she's gone again. Um, But, I get this side of hot sauce because I asked them for hot sauce they never gave it to me so they gave me their extra hot hot sauce that looked like marinara it really did like it was that thick so we're on the way home and then he goes hey 
you got a couple pieces of pizza left. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you want them? He goes, sure. So he grabs this cup. And before I can tell him to stop, he goes, oh, shit. They got marinara. Oh, my God. Dunks the pizza right in that hot sauce. Takes the first bite. And he is hiccuping the entire way home. The I had to hear him hiccup way home. for 30 minutes. He goes, that is not marinara. I'm like, that is not even close, bud. Yeah. Because that is like the hottest paste I've ever seen. And he still went back in again for the second dip. That was just until he dropped me off. <laughs> you know. Yeah. One, one no, of the best was... things I've ever seen because I couldn't even get it out of my mouth at the time. Uh, it was horrible. It's all right, Benny. <laughs> so, boys, we are here at the end of the show. <laughs> After that all one. All right. Let's do our Fat Boy Tuesday top three wrestlers. So, I'm going to let the guest go first tonight. So, Kevin, give me your top three wrestlers of all time. Well, my perception of the wrestlers has changed over the last few years just based on personal stories about them and just the kind of person they are um, outside of the ring and, you know, yeah, whether man. I don't necessarily consider politics, but some of the people that I liked, you know, they're, they've turned a homophobic and racist and those are good ways to get me to not like them. Kevin, so, we were talking about growing up. Like, when you were growing up, who was your top three? But, I will say, as a child, I did not know what they were like outside of the Perfect. ring. Perfect. <laughs> Listen, I, didn't, I still don't know what they're like outside of the ring. So, well, you know, I, I don't know what you're going to pick about my, my picks here, but my picks are, are absolutely genuine. Well, that's... <laughs> Um, <laughs> my guy's dead, so I don't know what he's like outside of the ring. That number three would have been the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, he was just absolutely he was that guy that brought the energy. Kids loved him, and I'm 36 now. So in my in his prime, I was seven, eight years old, impressionable. I wanted all the tassels and the face paint and the wrestle buddy and all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> um, I ran from my room to the living room as soon as I heard that music because. <laughs> Knew that I didn't have to worry about Kamala beating him up. I just watched the ultimate <laughs> just for seconds. Absolutely. Hold on. Before you go to number two, by the way, Hulk Hogan sucks. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> number I'll two. Where's your ding? Ding. What the so, hell happened to the ding? Uh, we're having fun. Oh, dear God. Oh, sorry. Ding. So, number two would be <laughs> The Rock. Um, oh, I love The Rock. Just from, from the inception of The Rock with the pineapple, pineapple haircut to his ladder match with Triple H <laughs> in 98 to Nation of Domination uh, and, just, and just the progression of the character and the $500 shirts and the Know Your Role, everything. He was the absolute best talker at that time, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. Um, his work rate was great. Everybody believed he was going to beat anybody but Steve Austin. So, um, <laughs> far and away was my was my favorite as a teenager. Okay. Uh, okay. And one for me just was a former tag team partner of number three. Um, growing up with the bleach blonde hair and the 
I didn't care about the rat tail, but the face paint. I was a WCW guy, so Sting was my number one. You son of a, uh, you son of a B. Just you stole <laughs> my number one. No I, way. I mean, the evolution of the Crow character in '96 to growing out the brown hair in '97 to the up until Starcade '97 when we all knew <laughs> afterwards they screwed the pooch. Um, and the, the quote-unquote fast count, um, it didn't kill the gimmick for me. I still loved Sting no matter I know, what. I saw it. And 20 years oh later, God. returning to um, to wrestle again. I don't know if he's going to wrestle, but wrestling now, we'll see what happens. But With rumor right? has it. Rumor yeah, has it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, far and away, number one is unquestionably Sting. You so oh, specifically. Nice. The blonde-haired Sting? Uh, the, I mean, as a kid, blonde-haired Sting, yeah. Okay. I love I love Sting because as a, as a teenager, the NWO was like the yeah, last. the NWO. Uh, it was the last thing I hated. Uh, I was, <laughs> I didn't, before I got real wise to it, I just thought, oh, Hulk Hogan sucks. And, you know, they're, they're kind of gray area of heels to baby faces, but I wanted Sting dropping down from the rafters and, yeah. With the baseball you know, bat and everything. Yes, absolutely. JJ right. going out to the crowd to say Sting wants Hogan, that kind of stuff. That was the <laughs> best. And when I was 13, I went to Nitro 100, which was in the Palace of Auburn Hills. I lived in Detroit when Luger beat Hogan. Oh I tell God. you what, that's probably the best best memory of wrestling that I have. Absolutely, yeah. Luger. Cool. Oh, oh nice. Well, now that we know uh, Vinny's number one, yeah. we're going to go to Vinny now. Uh, yeah, come geez. on, man. Come on, Cousin Vinny. All right. All right. All right give me your number three. So, you Ding. know, I, again, absolutely, I'm I'm from the 80s, 90s kind of era, a little bit in the 2000s. You know, I love to see the little guy win. And a lot of times, a lot Are of you that. you rolling your eyes, Kevin? A lot of that the comes cereal? from the luchadors. Yeah, it is. Just like what uh, you were saying before, Ray Mysterio Jr. was Nacho. fantastic. Not Nacho Libre. No, no, no. He was never. Okay. <laughs> he was never a part of it. <laughs> but he was in the best wrestling matches of all time. Absolutely. With any Halloween Havoc. So I will give you that. He was absolutely tremendous. Absolutely, you know, especially in that in, in that one match that he had when he went ahead and he had to take off his mask because he lost, and he had to on reveal a, himself. Yeah, I know on a DQ. It's all right. Worst. I. I <laughs> listen, oh my god. See, good see, see, I knew we were getting wrestling tonight, oh and it was getting fierce. I getting heated. I was the same way. I understand. My it, it, that number two. Yeah, up uh, bang number two. You know, not only do I love the little, I love the big. And nobody, I think, had a bigger heart in the entire game than Andre the Giant. You know, he was amazing. He was fierce. Some agree, some don't. Kevin. Listen, (laughs) I'm not saying one way or another. But, you know, he gave his all when he was out there in the ring at the same time. To, To see him go ahead, to see him 
pick up Hulk Hogan, body slam him for like the first time. A lot of other things. You bet Hulk you know, Hogan pick him up and then slam no. him. Uh, I wasn't yeah. going to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk no. Hogan. Yeah. Too no. much bourbon over here. No, no. Too much bourbon. You just like him because he could drink a barrel of beer. Don't you know lie. What? That you is know true. what? You know what? <laughs> I love him for a lot of reasons. You know, yeah. Princess, <laughs> Princess Bride was one of them. Princess so, Bride is one of them. Screw you guys. All I right. like Princess Bride, too. So you're number one? <laughs> <laughs> my my number one absolutely sting. Right, you know, so, both blonde and brown. Yeah. I love seeing them in the in the white and black. Oh, I loved it. I like you know, in the white and black mask. And then even even later on, I don't care one way or another, you know, when he went to the red and black mask, whatever. When he went to the NWO red and black, whatever. Oh, the wolf pack. I don't care. I love the wolf pack just the same. You know? Listen. Music is still awesome. Absolutely. Uh, yes. You know, Kevin Nash, I thought was amazing too. Um, you know, the, you know, the only one that really turned my head in that whole situation was uh, 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 Razor Ramon. Uh, I can't think of oh, his yeah. real. It's... I can't think of his name at the at the moment. Scott Hall. Yeah, that's right. Scott you know? Hall. Yeah. Right. Hey yo. Yeah, well, <laughs> I I understand. You know, he had his issues. We all did. <laughs> all right, Brian. It's time for you, big fella. You ready? All right. Well, yep, give me your yep. top three. We'll go uh, from three to one. And my number three, I was trying to rack my brain because my number two are pretty solid. And number three, I couldn't think of one for sure. But as you talked about, we were big wrestling fr- fans from late 80s to probably early 2000s. So once my favorites when I was younger started getting a little older, I had to move on and this guy, hopefully Kevin remembers him. I don't know if you guys will. His name is Ahmed Johnson. I love oh, Ahmed Johnson. That, that, <laughs> and that's why. Because I thought he had the best finishing move, the Pearl River Plunge. So that was my guy, probably late 90s or so. I don't know what happened to him. He disappeared like a fart in the wind, but, but I didn't hear much from him. I could tell you what happened to him. So in 96, hopefully he's alive. he injured uh, Farouk. Um, yeah. I believe his kidney. Farouk came back. They booked him against Ahmed Johnson. And Farouk was one of those boys that you just didn't mess with. All, uh, you know, got his number retired at Florida State. Just a just a monster of a man. And Ahmed mm-hmm. didn't necessarily love the business. He was more in it for money. Then Ahmed went to WCW as part of Harlem Heat 2000 as Big T. Gained a bunch of weight out of the business since. Wow. Hey, I, I love him even more then because he's a fat guy now. Yay! <laughs> Tony Morris. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I had no idea. Thank you for that. Number two. Dee! Number two um, <laughs> is a classic, and he was specifically one guy from, I think, probably the greatest tag team ever, uh, the Legion of Doom, and I was a Hawk guy. I was more Hawk than animals. Hawk was my guy. I don't know. I, I love the shoulder pads. I love the haircut. <laughs> you know, we lost Animal a couple months ago, but, uh, you know, it, it's pretty awesome. I love Hawk. What a rush. There you go. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. The, uh, what was their, their finisher? Their, um, 
the Doomsday device. Shoot him, drop There you go, Doomsday. Look at this guy. I told you this was going to be great. I love this episode. Yeah, yeah, love it. And you you gave away my number one already. Hulk Hulk Hogan is my favorite. I I had probably my best friend growing up. My cousin, who I was really close with, they were Ultimate Warrior guys, so we had that constant butting aheads arguments still to this day, really, about uh, Ultimate Ultimate Warrior is better. Wait. I got a question so, for you, Big Bry. Yeah. How, how did you feel about Hulk knows everything? Hogan knows everything. Oh, the the reality show. Yeah. I watched it a couple times. It was it was interesting, but uh, you know, I I tried not to let that affect my true feelings for him now based on the character because yeah. growing up he was a superhero. You know, late eighties. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he, him, and Bernie Kosar. Those are my guys. Yeah. No, I agree. All right, so my, that's, mine too. So it is time for the fat guys top three. All right. Mm-hmm. And since none of you picked a woman wrestler, I will first. Number three. <laughs> did you pick May? No, I did not pick May. Oh, I, I picked Lita. Lita is okay. one of my favorite wrestlers, especially when she was with the Hardy Boys and not with Edge. So can I change? Can I change one of mine to the fabulous Moolah? Yes, you can. <laughs> it's not a funny joke. They're great, though. Okay. All right. So Lita. Yes, I love Lita. I loved watching her do the moonsault off the top, yeah. and there was just something about it. I can't. Number two for me is at WCW Ray Mysterio's. Best matches I've ever seen. Juventud Guerrera. Oh, yeah. Number two. I love Hoovy. Yeah. I have okay. no clue where he's at now, Hoovy but watching him Guerrera. and Ray Mysterio go at it on WCW was unreal to me because they used to do it and it was so high paced, so fast, yes. so quick that I could not just, I, I just still to this day. I, I love Huey. I agree. Wow. All right, and I'm going to blow this guy's mind right now. My number one, Arn Anderson. Oh, Four Horsemen, baby. Arn Anderson? Four Arn Horsemen. Anderson. <laughs> Him and Dean Malenko. Yes. And I throw Dean in there, too. Holy God. Were the old school wrestling that I grew up with <laughs> and I loved watching Arn wrestle. It was an actual technical bout and it wasn't a for Arn it wasn't a show but it was but it was more of he was more of a in-ring presence than it was anything else. Yes. And also Ric Flair was part of that and I love Ric Flair. Arn Anderson is probably the regarded as the second one top three at least underrated workers he's the guy that you put with the guy that's drawing money to make him look good so when yes. you have the road warriors in 1987 and they don't really know how to work yet but they're drawing a million million dollars you put Arn and telly with them they're gonna make him look great they're gonna get the shit kicked out of them but they're gonna make him look great but Arn was <laughs> so he was a technician so Arn- Arn Anderson was the Washington Generals of the uh, wrestling business. 
Wow, I wouldn't even go smack wow. Kevin. Kevin, if you do not want to hang That's out with him guy. anymore, I understand. <laughs> Arn Anderson is special. All right. Hey, okay. I got one question on wrestling topic only. Okay. Okay. All right. For everybody. Oh, here we go. I want to know where you rank. Um, oh, dear God. I can't remember his now, name now. You wanted to ask the question. Oh, I know. I hate breaking down at the last second. What are you doing? Um, oh, we're still recording, cut. by the way. I know. Trust me. That's time. what furious me more. Jim Carrey played him. Uh, Man in the Kaufman. Moon. Andy Kaufman. Andy I know Kaufman. he was in. He was in the wrestling ring. He he's played a lot of a, a lot of great guys here and there. He played against uh, the King Jerry Lawler. Nobody mentioned Jerry Lawler or anybody like that from the. Well, from we the love past. Jerry Lawler. Absolutely. He's a Browns fan. Everybody, everybody Browns loves fan. Jerry Lawler. Right. Jerry Lawler is the king of owning the uh, Memphis territory, owning fifty yes. percent of the entire territory. So anytime there was a house show, he gets fifty percent. Everybody, it's, it's I guess it's not any different than you know WWE today and the monopoly that he had on the territory. But he was notorious for not necessarily paying the talent. You know they were talking about um, you know starving while the Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was in Memphis. He said he starved working for Jerry Jarrett and, and yeah. Jerry the King Lawler and. One time, Jerry yeah. uh, Jerry Jarrett invited them all over for dinner at his house, and they said, we got to get the hell out of here so we can make some real money because this guy is taking everything we're making. Yeah. Wow. No, I understand wow. that. So how did he end up at the WWE? In 1993, Macho Man uh, was leaving for WCW late 93. Vince McMahon needed an announcer, um, so they worked out a deal where Vince would send guys down to Memphis uh, Jerry would have, he would come up, he would do the announcing. Vince would still pay the talent, but still send them to Memphis, uh, for the USWA. That was Jerry's, Jerry's territory folded, I believe in 95, uh, early 96. But, um, it was just a, uh, it was kind of a mutual agreement where Vince would provide talent. Jerry would provide commentary. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. All right. Very nice. So obviously uh, we kept Kevin on way too long. Is that okay? Once you said the word wrestling, I was locked. <laughs> All right. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Anything we did, I didn't know what we were talking about. This is all off the cuff. So any, you could bring up any name, and I probably got something ready to go for him. So, king of Kings. Awesome. The King of Kings. Triple H. Triple H. The King of Kings. Vinny, we... Uh-oh. I know. I opened up like a whole nother Pandora's <laughs> we, we box. Can, we'll do it the next, next session. Show. Next show. <laughs> Damn it, Vinny. Damn it, Vinny. I want right. to know about that match. I want to know what happened. No, no, no. So, I, so, we have our trivia question. Kevin? Yeah. I'm going to let Brian go first. Okay? Mm-hmm. And if he's wrong... I want you to just, I want you to smoke him on it, all right? Because I'm pretty sure you have it. Yeah, Hulk, I'm not very confident. Hulk Hogan's first debut match, what year? So you say debut match, what 
with the WWF? Nope. Or Hulk Hogan's just, first match ever. First professional wrestling match. Yep. Gosh, you, you probably have to go back a ways. Um, 70s, I'd say maybe even 60s. I don't know how old he is for sure. Uh-huh. I'll say 70, 72. Woo! All right, Kevin, what say you? So let me give a little preface to this story. Hulk Hogan, he's, his stories are a little... You don't know what you're taking, what you get. I'm just rambling on, but his first ever practice, I believe, was with Hiro Matsuda, and he claims that Hiro Matsuda broke his leg. Hulk Hogan came back, wrestled, blah, blah, blah. My guess, uh, 1976. Kevin, one year off. 1977 was his debut match. At least. Do you have a date? Hold on. Per Wikipedia. And it was October, I think it was October 17th, 1977 is when he debuted. But, hey, we talked wrestling. Now, before we get Kevin off here, because he's got 14 kids and like 16 (laughs) nephews to take care of. I think I gained one since I came out here. I know. I can hear them in the background. They're like, are you serious right now, Dad? All right. So... I gotta ask, were you for life or wolf pack? Oh shit. <laughs> oh, without question, the wolf pack. When Sting ripped off oh, yeah! He had that red and black underneath and the wolf pack at the time was Mr. Perfect, Conan, Macho Man, Lex Luger, Kevin Nash, Sting. Yes, Wolf Pack. Yes. So I do have to bring up what I loved about that time of my life. It was WCW was on TNT. All right. You got to watch the first hour of it before Raw started. So I would watch the first hour of WCW, watch Raw, rewatch the first hour of WCW again on TNT or TBS, whatever it was, and then finish it up. My dad would be like, why are you so tired on Tuesdays? I'm like, because I was up till two o'clock in the morning watching wrestling, dad. Yeah, they would replay Nitro from 11 to 1 a.m. And that's what I would watch. I loved it. Did you have a Nitro party? (laughs) Uh, I never had Nitro party, but we did have uh, Royal Rumble parties. And then it got vicious, and then we got kicked out of certain houses because the kids got a little too out of hand. (laughs) So it happens as a kid. I did you hosted. ever did you ever tell your teachers that the reason you didn't finish your homework was because you had to watch Lita? Uh no. I actually told them to suck it because I was part of DX. <laughs> oh, that was my next question. Did you ever walk around telling people to suck it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was that I was all the time. I'm like, suck it. I did too, but I was more Shawn Michaels, sorry. <laughs> I was more X Pac and started humping shit. There you go. And just suck it. <laughs> X-Pac heat. That's the worst. Well, I could have been I could have been Road Dog Jesse James. There you go. Listen, I got a good Road Dog impression, but I'll save that for another time. There it oh. is. Oh my god. Teaser. That's Listen, a teaser. Fi- final final uh wrestling little bit here. I went ahead one time. I had a little little family coming over, a uh, little bunch of friends and stuff. We all came over to watch uh, one of the uh, WrestleManias. 
I my brother wanted to watch it, but I didn't want him to watch it with us because I was afraid like he would like impede on like our our happiness that we were having. I actually ended up hooking up a cable from our TV over to a, a VCR box. And then stretch the VCR box to another cable. I ended up using the VCR as like a junction cable because I didn't have one at the time. All the way out to his bedroom. (laughs) And then I hooked it up in his bedroom so that he could watch it in his bedroom at the same time that we were watching it in the living room. (laughs) And yeah, you know, eventually he ended up coming out. We all had a great time together and stuff like that. But yeah. Alright, so Kevin Sweet <laughs> I cannot thank you enough For coming along with us I am sorry it derailed into Almost an hour and 30 minutes And I promise you 50 An entire episode no, no, no. I tell you what I, I enjoy it um, I enjoy talking sports wrestling. I mean food That's that's it for me I mean I, I can't think of anything I'd rather talk about And like I said you hooked me when you said wrestling. When you said top three wrestlers, <laughs> going forty-five on it. But I appreciate the time. All right. So, any shout-outs you got to get out? Obviously, you're on Twitter at Kevin Beard, right? At, at the Kevin Beard on Twitter. At that is the cool. Kevin Beard. All yeah, right. Biggest is my under, underground uh, fantasy football league. I mean. They're they're a great group of people. Oh, I know. Uh, we've we've already met most of them. We we got Jay on with us. I have talked yeah, to Bane, which is back. Brig Elf back. Bring Brownie back. Yeah, he beat yeah, him. yeah. Uh, Bob at Millersburg has Bob now. Is great, he does great work. Oh, dude, hearing his voice on the radio is amazing. He's yeah, got a smooth we need voice. That voice. Uh, uh, Kate has chimed in on our questions but before we get off jay told me i can ask you anything about the underground league just okay. one question all right was there a cat involved uh, <laughs> what does that mean he knows wait he knows he knows was there a cat involved in this deal <laughs> I don't think the cat was involved. I think there was. There ab- absolutely was 1,000% a haircut offer, though. I, I yeah. understand that. We got that from Jay. <laughs> At least I got that from Jay. But there was no cat involved. To my knowledge, no. Not a real cat. Not a real cat. Okay. What? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll explain, I'll explain to you boys later. We All cannot right. do it on air right now no. because... We do not want to take out the secrets of the RBS. Listen, because I'm searching on the web. Regardless I, you're of what not, you, you tell can me. search all you want to. Okay. You're still not going to find it. All right. By the way, hey, I'm sorry you lost by point two. That quarterback should have never taken a knee. Wow. Wow, that's awful. A point. That's two that's true. It's knee. point two. It's point two. Heart. Heart. Knee. Was the quarterback oh. was me losing. I would have went up a game, I believe, and the other two guys that were the three and four seed, I would have beaten both of them this week. Wow. Yeah. Twist the knife. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. so, Kev, 
give us a couple minutes. Let, let me do our closing. We got to ask you a couple questions off there. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right. One's probably going to be the, the king of kings. Stores? No, it's not going to be. I got to know kings. about it. All right. So uh, <laughs> here comes Vinny. All right. So we are a legal hand to the face. We want to thank Kevin. Thank you so much for coming on with us. I hope you had fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We want, thank we you, want to uh, support our troops because uh, I got to see over Thanksgiving. I didn't say anything, but I got to see my little brother, uh, Patty Pat who is in the army. So we want to thank our troops. Thank our first responders for everything they do. Vaccines supposedly rolling out and let's go there. And we are legal hand in the face. Brian, give him God bless. Yeah. God bless you. God bless America. God bless Cleveland Browns. All right. Vinny, give a good night. Hey, have a good night. All right. We are legal hand in the face. We are uncorked, unloaded, and we are out. Thanks for listening.